0: he is, folks. Three years ago, he started in pictures by playing the part of a private in Wake Island. But now, in A Bell for a he plays a corporal.
1: That's right. And playing a corporal is much better than playing a private. Now the studio pays me 60 bucks a month instead of 50. And I don't have to peel any more potatoes for Daryl Zanuck.
0: (laughs) The American Meat Institute presents William Bendix in the Life of Riley. People of America, providing a great food for a great nation. Five million farmers and ranchers raising fine meat animals. 600,000 men and women in more than 3,500 meat packing plants. 400,000 meat retailers. All doing their level best in face of the enormous demands of war to put meat on your table. On behalf of all these, the American Meat Institute brings you the life of Riley. Besides his duties as riveter, Chester A. Riley was appointed a member of the Workers' Welfare Committee at the California War Plant where he works. As such, the big boss has asked Riley to investigate a bottleneck named Al Jenkins in the welding department. So here's Riley bursting with importance.
1: Hey, where's this palooka Jenkins that's been slowing down the war effort? I'm Jenkins. What? Mm. You. You. Bigger than I figured. Uh, maybe we better talk this over quietly, Mr. Jenkins. I, uh, I'm here to save you your job. They're getting ready to fire me, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, they say trouble always comes in threes. Well, what's your other two troubles? My wife. Well, we've all got that kind of trouble. I mean, uh, she ain't feeling well. Oh, well, that's too bad. Uh, Then I miss my hometown, too. Yeah, I know how that is. What's your hometown, Al? Well, did you ever hear of... Oh, Brooklyn. (laughs) Did I ever hear of it? Ha! Well, you're talking to the founder of the (laughs) BPLA. Uh, B-P-L-A? Yeah, the Brooklyn Patriots of Los Angeles.
2: (laughs) Now, old
1: pal me, I'm glad to know you. Uh, Likewise. Uh, uh, what part of the motherland was you lucky enough (laughs) to inhabit, Mayhatt? Uh, 655 Cusciusco Place. No. Hmm? We lived right in back of
2: it. No. For
1: sure. 18,000 and a half Garibaldi Terrace.
2: (laughs) Jenkins.
1: Jenkins. (laughs) Were you the people on the fourth floor over there? Fourth rear.
2: Mm-hmm. Why, well, your oldies,
1: old lady's wash line, when she pulled it out on a pulley, it used to drip right down on ours. Yeah, and you know, in a high wind, they got mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> mixed up? Why, one time I wore your old man's red flannel three weeks before we found it out.
2: <laughs> well,
1: what do you know? Hey, you it's funny we never met. Well, you were just a kid. But I, I knew all about your family by watching your clothesline. Yeah? You were... You, uh, you had three older sisters, right? Yeah, but uh, how'd you know? Well, Brooklyn boys don't wear bloomers. Well, well, it's a small word. <laughs> That's a good one, Al. You got a sharp brain there. <laughs> Taking up tracks like that. Al, you're gonna have supper at my house tonight. Oh, well well, thanks, but are you sure you've got enough food? Oh, don't worry, so one night I'll go without a third helping
3: <laughs> uh, thanks for a swell dinner, Mrs. Riley. Oh, you're welcome, Mr. Jenkins. Now, you two men sit and smoke. Yes,
1: yeah, t- take it easy, Al. Well, no, I'm kind of anxious to get home to see my wife. Yeah, Peg. Al here says that his wife ain't feeling so good. Oh,
3: is it serious, Mr. Jenkins?
1: Well, yes, ma'am. It's very serious. The fact is that I. We, uh. Well, It's gonna be, uh. What they call, uh. Addition to the family. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? Well, I guess so. Well, congratulations, Al. I'm telling you, it's great to be a father. Believe me, I know. I'm speaking as a two-time winner. Is this your first,
2: Mr. Jenkins?
1: Well, yes, it's all new to me. So, what? Uh, think of the baby. It's all new to him, too. <laughs> well, um, I mean, um... Uh... Uh, how will we get by on my salary? Listen, now ah, you talk like nobody ever had a baby in their family before. It's been going on for years, and it always will. If people stopped having babies in a hundred years, there'd be no people in the world, and with no people left in the world, what's the going on? Listen. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you see, I I can't help worrying over Henrietta. Huh? Listen, Al, at a time like this, your wife needs you to be cheerful around her, see? You gotta be what they call a... a... a pillow of strength. Right, pig? You mean like you
3: were, Riley,
1: when our first baby was born. Well, yeah, I... I, I was too self-modest to say that, but, but that's how Al's got to be, like I was. Tell him how I was,
3: Douglas. Why
1: don't you tell him, Riley? Oh, I'm, I'm fixing Al a good stiff drink. Root beer and Coke mixed. I'm
3: going to run
1: down to the drugstore. I'll be right back. Ah, gee, I wish I had the right outlook like Riley.
3: Well, Mr. Jenkins, it might cheer you up to hear about how Riley acted when we were expecting our first baby. I'll never forget the night I broke the news to Riley. You see, our doctor was dear old Dr.
2: Riley,
4: Everything's going very well. There, uh, In my judgment, uh, you might have the batonet ready for a little visitor about, oh, mid-September.
3: Oh, my.
4: Uh, how does Mr. Riley feel about the baby? Delighted, I suppose.
3: Well, I haven't told him yet. I've been wondering just how to break it to him.
4: Oh, I see. Well, then, I went to see a movie the other night. Fine story. In this story, the wife just showed her husband a pair of little booties. Right away, he knew, and he took her in his arms. Beautiful moment.
3: Oh, but that's a nice idea. I'll try that.
4: Fine, fine. And don't worry about your appetite, Mrs. Riley. Natural. Entirely Natural.
1: Peg, here's your favorite and only husband, home again. Well, I brought a whole bag.
3: Brought what, dear?
1: The pickles and the whipped cream. (laughs) Couldn't get any gooseberries.
2: Oh,
3: well, thanks, dear. But right now, I'd rather have some peanut brittle.
1: Peg, what's the matter with your appetite lately? You've been asking for the craziest things.
3: Diley, I, I have something to tell you. Sit down and listen.
1: Oh, I can take it standing up. If it's the rent we owe, they can wait until next time, like last time. Well,
3: it's it's not the rent, dear. It's it's something very nice. Oh,
1: that's good. Well, go ahead, tell me fast, and let's eat. I'm hungry.
3: Well, Riley, Hmm? what does every married couple want most?
1: More happiness, more money, and less relatives. (laughs)
3: No, Riley. Listen, even if a couple has everything else in the world, what's the one thing that holds them together in later life? The law. (laughs) Well, it's no use being subtle with you, Riley. So, look, here's something I've been knitting.
1: Oh, knitting. Thanks, I needed a pair.
3: Dear, they're booty.
1: Yeah, they are pretty.
3: (laughs) No, not beauty, booty.
1: Uh, Oh, may as well tell you. There's a little stranger coming to live with us. I won't stand
2: for (laughs) it. That
1: sword off front of an uncle of yours ain't
2: moving in on her!
1: Peg, I told oh, you...
2: Oh, no, no, this isn't an
3: uncle. Oh, Riley, no, it's a Peg, little.
1: Hey. You. You don't mean it, it's gonna be our own little stranger, do you? Ah, oh, yes, Riley. How clever of you to guess this... it. Peg, why were you sitting there gabbing? You should have told me. Don't sit there. Get your hat. Let's get started to the hospital. I'll call an ambulance. Like...
3: Oh, Riley, it's not till September. Well,
1: oh. Oh, September. Well, they will have time to go by trolley.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, darling, kiss, papa.
2: Are you glad,
1: dear? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm going to be a Father. That boy's going to have the best that money can buy. Uh,
3: what money, Riley? You can't afford much on $16 a week. Oh, yeah, but
1: you're forgetting the raise I'm getting.
3: Riley! Mr. Grimes gave you a raise? Oh,
2: when?
1: Uh, I'm asking him tomorrow.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, look at it. Mr. Grimes, uh, could I please uh, speak to you a minute, Mr. Grimes, sir, please? What's the matter, Riley? Shipping room shut down? Oh, I'll, I'll hurry right back as, as soon as I can ask oh, you Oh, don't
5: something.
1: hurry on my time,
2: Riley. Save your strength for running home at night. Well, <laughs> <laughs> speaking
1: of home, Mr. Grimes, that's kind of what I sort of wanted to say, you see. Mm-hmm.
2: Asks
5: for a minute and takes the afternoon off. Is this an, a social call, Riley, or is it
1: important? Oh, it's important, all right, Mister. Nothing, Riley.
5: Yesterday, when you opened the packing case, you threw away two of the nails you pulled out. <laughs> <To>
2: waste. <laughs> they was bent bad, Mister. Carefully
5: in the future. That's all, Riley. Well, wait a minute,
1: Mister. Grimes. Uh, the, the, the fact is, is that my wages, I. I'm getting sixty a week. Hurts no. your conscience,
5: eh? <laughs> you know you don't deserve
1: it. No, sir. It's it's. Uh, could you let me have a raise, sir, oh, Mister? Right? A raise? Well, I gotta have at least a dollar more a week. <laughs>
5: a dollar more? Are you living a double life?
1: No, sir, I, I, it's, well, well, we're having a new baby at our house.
5: A baby? What kind of a low trick is that to pull on me, Riley? <laughs>
1: oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask your permission, sir.
5: <laughs> having a baby, just to work on my sympathy, huh?
1: huh?
5: Oh, well, I guess I'll have to do something for you. Oh, thanks, gosh, thanks, Mr. Grant. Yes, I, uh, I was going to fire you. Fire me? But I'm a soft-hearted fool. So I'll take
1: you back. Oh and... thanks, thanks. Sir. We'll never have any more children without checking with you first. Okay.
5: Naturally, I expect you to recognize my generosity.
1: Oh, sure, certainly, Mr. Grimes. You you got a heart of gold.
5: Yes, I have. So I'll tell you what we'll do.
3: Oh dear! Did you get the raise?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, sure.
3: Oh, Riley, I'm so proud of you. You must have really talked up to that old Skinflint. How much did you make him give you? Uh,
1: ten dollars.
3: Ten? Mm-hmm. Why, that makes twenty-six a week. We're rich. Well, it's
1: not exactly twenty-six.
3: Well, yes, it is too. You were getting sixteen, yeah, now you're getting Yeah, but that 10... was
1: before I got fired. <laughs> fired? Oh, I. I forced him to take me back. Don't worry. Only, well, naturally, on account of taking me back, i got to cooperate. So the ten a week he pays me now is a kind of a raise, you might say, from the nothing I was getting when I got fired. <laughs> ten a
3: week? Oh, Riley.
1: Peg, I, I guess I'm a failure as a father.
3: Why, you nothing of the sort. Now, don't you worry, Riley. We, we'll make out somehow.
1: I'll have to get extra work at night.
3: But when would you sleep?
1: When a man's got to figure how to feed three people and send his son to college on ten bucks a week, who can sleep?
0: <laughs> In just a minute, we'll hear some more about Riley, the expected father. In the meantime, this is Ken Nile speaking for me. What are the greatest developments of this war? Well, your mind immediately jumps to such things as B-29s, radar, and the new type landing craft. But this evening, I want to tell you about another great wartime development. One that the meat industry is proud of. From the start of the war, our problem was to get enough of everything to where our fighters are with the fewest possible trains and ships. Soldiers want beef, but sides or quarters of beef are big and unwieldy. And you need an expert to cut them upright without waste. Well, the best technical men in the industry went to work on this problem with the United States Quartermaster Corps, and they came up with frozen, boneless beef. It's all beef, no bone, packed in 50-pound packages and frozen. Package number one for roasts and steaks. Package number two for stews or braising. Package number three, ground beef. This method of handling beef makes three refrigerated cars or trucks or ships do the work of five. It is served without waste and makes sure that every man gets a good cut. Frozen boneless beef makes all the beef that goes to our fighters usable to the last ounce. So this is just one of the new methods developed and used by the meat packing industry to help our armed forces to use most efficiently the large quantities of meat they get. And now back to The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. In the living room of Riley's California bungalow, Mrs. Riley is still telling young Mr. Jenkins the story of what the Rileys went through when they were expecting their own first baby some years back.
3: So there we were, Mr. Jenkins. Riley was only making $10 a week, and the baby coming in September.
5: Uh, Did Riley earn some extra money like he said he would?
3: Oh, my, yes. He got a job that was convenient in some way.
1: Cozy in this basement, ain't it? It'll be warm this winter, too, with all them steam pipes on the walls.
3: And we won't have to yell at the janitor for heat. Nah,
1: we won't have no trouble with the janitor, seeing as I'm the janitor. Of
3: course, it's a little dark in this basement. Only in
1: the daytime. At night, the headlights from the automobiles shine right in.
3: Riley, dear, why don't you take a walk? No need for you to be cooped up.
1: Dufflin, I like being cooped up as long as you're the chicken in the coop. Oh. But I- I'll go look out the window for a change. Oh, this is a nice front window we got. Mm. Hmm. Air.
3: Can't see a thing from that window. It's lower than the street. All those bars. Oh,
1: I can see plenty. I can see all the feet going by up there. And I, I'm getting so as I can tell who's passing by watching their shoes. Oh, you can't. Well, sure I can. Ah, there goes that poor head Charlie Willis. He got his pay envelope tonight.
3: Why, how can you tell?
1: By the bulge in his shoe.
3: <laughs> but he can't
1: fool Mrs. Willis. How do you know that? That's her running after him. Oh, <laughs> <all right.
2: laughs>
1: I don't know who that is.
3: No. Who is it?
1: That's my pal, Digger Odell, the undertaker. Oh, see the grass on his shoes. Guess he's been out playing golf. Oh, uh, Digger.
6: Who calls from down below?
1: It's me, Riley. Digger, look, da- uh, down here, look.
6: Ah, greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural.
1: Oh, thanks, Digger. How's everything with you, How's business?
6: Oh, very quiet. Very little turnover lately. <laughs> Tell me, Riley, how long have you been living here underground?
1: Oh, a couple of weeks, but it ain't exactly underground. It's only about six feet.
6: I wouldn't go any deeper if I were you.
2: <laughs>
6: By the way, Riley, I'm on my way to Madison Square Garden to see the prize fight. Killer McCann versus
1: Slugger Johnson. I didn't know you cared about fights.
6: Oh, yes. My favorite pastime is boxing. (laughs) Ah, the smoke filled arena, the gallant gladiator, the roar of the crowd. I adore boxing. It's okay.
1: Yeah, it's a great
6: sport. I'm crazy about it, too. Then why not come along with me? I have two ringside tickets. i got them from a customer who has no further
1: use for me.
2: (laughs) Gee,
1: I I, I would like to go, Dig, but I've got to stay home tonight.
6: Too bad, Riley. You should go out more often. You're too young to bury yourself. So call me up sometime. Well... Thanks, Digger. Oh, bury me no, 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 no.
1: He's a great guy, Digger. I wonder why he ain't more popular.
3: Listen, <laughs> dear, you're entitled to go out sometimes. Go on to the fight. No,
1: not me, Dublin. I'm spending my free time building things for my son. When will Emma, the guy see Junior playing with his toys. They'll wish they'd stayed home more nights.
3: Miley, why are you fixing the pillow in that chair? You're not sleeping in that.
1: Well, sure. You know, any any time now, well, 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 you you might need me to get the taxi quick. We we might have to race the stork to the hospital.
3: Oh, but you need your sleep, dear. Go on to bed.
1: Not me. I'm sitting up here. Maybe I'll close my eyes a second, but I ain't going to sleep. I've got to be ready when you need me.
3: to
1: you Riley. Riley, wake up. Riley, dear, wake up. Wake up.
3: <laughs> it's me, Riley. Wake up, dear. We we better get that taxi. Yeah. Taxi? What
1: for?
3: We have to go to the hospital. Wake up. We have to go to the hospital.
1: Oh, hospital. What for? I feel all right. Well, go back to... bed. Right. No! <laughs> hospital! Hey, is he? Are you... Now,
3: don't
1: get excited, dear. Just hurry. Hey, baby! Baby!
5: Baby, quick, baby!
2: I'm having a taxi! I mean... I mean... Taxi! I'm having a baby!
5: Taxi! Taxi! Here, taxi! Over here! Yes, sir. can Yeah, yeah. Gotta go to the hospital. Alexander Hospital! No time to lose! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Faster! Well, I'll go as fast as I can. Faster! Faster! No time to lose. Well, somebody hurt
1: bad in the hospital? Oh, it's my wife. She's having a baby. My wife!
2: <laughs> Turn around! Go back! I forgot to bring my wife! <laughs> One
5: more corner, lady. This is a block. Here's the hospital, lady. How you feeling, lady?
3: Oh, I'm all right, thanks. I'm fine. Where? Where? are we?
5: Hey, here's the hospital. Okay, lady. We made it okay. All right. Let me help you, lady.
3: Oh, I'm all right, but would you mind helping me get my husband out of the care? <laughs> hey,
1: don't, don't, don't be nervous, Peg, Don't... We, we, we got here...
3: Hey. Yes, dear. Now, just take my arm. That's right. Hey,
1: we, 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 we
5: got
2: to be brave.
5: I got his feet, lady. <laughs>
1: Please.
2: Yeah. Please,
1: just put him down on the sidewalk.
2: I'll make him walk.
3: That's right, Riley. Now, dear, just take it easy going
2: step.
3: You're doing fine, Riley. One more step now. That's
2: it. What's
3: all this? It's okay,
1: officer. Okay. That fellow looks like he was hit by a car. Both legs broke.
5: Nah, it's a maternity case. He's the father. <laughs> ah, the poor fellow. The first six of
1: the Uh, hardest. Now, you're going to be all right. Don't, uh, stop. My legs. Where'd I leave my
3: legs?
4: Wait, I'll push
3: open the door. Ah,
4: Mrs. Riley, got your call. Your room is waiting.
3: Thank you, Doctor. Could I have some smelling salt?
4: Certainly. Here you are. Feeling a little nervous?
3: Oh, it's not for me. It's for my husband. Here, dear, sniff this. you feeling? Sleepy, doctor.
2: How? When?
4: I have some news for you. You are the mother of a fine baby, now six hours old. A fine baby girl.
2: Oh,
3: a girl. Better not be around when my husband finds out, doctor. (laughs) He hates to be (laughs)
2: double-crossed.
3: My husband. Can I see him?
4: Not until tomorrow, I'm afraid. I gave him a sedative, (laughs)
2: <laughs> poor Ryan.:
4: oh don't worry we'll pull him through I've never lost a
2: father yet
3: <laughs> well Mr. Jenkins that's the story we called our daughter Barbara Babs for short oh here's a picture of her now She's
1: 16. Oh, a pretty girl. Well, so that's what happened to Riley, huh?
3: Yes. (laughs) Of course, after all these years, Riley remembers it a little differently. Mm. To hear him tell it now, he practically ran the hospital that night.
0: And you let him think so, huh? Oh,
3: of course. He'd be hurt if he thought he'd let me down. Well, I won't let Henny down. Riley's story is a lesson to me. Oh, you'll be all right, Mr. Jenkins. Keep your mind on your job and your wife will take care of hers. So just relax and don't get in the way. Well,
1: I got the drink. To celebrate, I mixed us the Riley Boilermaker. Root beer, Coke, and ginger ale. Here you are, Well, thanks.
3: Well, you took long enough, Riley. I've told Mr. Jenkins the whole story of the night Babs was born.
1: Oh, there you go again, Peg, boasting about me. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Riley, the way you, you uh, uh, stood by your wife... I tell you, it was a lesson to me. Oh, yeah, I handled everything okay. Didn't it pay good? Oh, wonderful, dear. <laughs> so you see what I mean, Jenkins? Stay on your job. Don't worry. Keep cool. Believe me, Al, having a baby is a cinch. Ask any man. <laughs>
2: The Rileys
0: will be right back. If you're like a lot of women, you're wondering how you can best manage good meals for your family under today's meat situation. The best advice the meat people can give you is to do your planning, not at home, but right at the meat counter around whatever meat there is. If you go to the market with your heart set on a roast, you may be disappointed. But if you decide to look first and give that ingenuity of yours half a chance, you'll soon find it's possible to plan good meals around whatever meat is at hand. Maybe your meat man will have some stew meat. Well, there you have the makings of a fine, juicy, brown, crusted meat pie. Or you may be able to get ground meat. You know how the family likes a good meat loaf. Or if you find pork sausage links or patties, try baking them on top of a cornmeal batter pudding or in a casserole with layers of sweet potatoes and apples. Become familiar with the new point values affected today and make the most of the meat you get. For remember, meat is a yardstick of protein foods, because meat measures up to every protein need. The nutritional statement just made about meat is accepted by the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association.
1: Why don't he phone? Why don't he phone? I told Jenkins to call me from the hospital as soon as it happens.
3: Now, Riley, don't get excited. Yeah, but he promised
1: I'd... talk. That's, that's, that's him. Hello, him. Hello. Hello. Ah. How is everything? Oh,
4: that's swell.
1: What is it? A him or a her? Wow.
3: Well, what is it, Riley?
1: It's a them. <laughs>
0: William Bendix and Riley and presented by the American Meat Institute next week at the same time. Next week, Riley adds another gray hair when his son Junior runs away from home. William Bendix appears on The Life of Riley by arrangement with Hal Roach. Digger O'Dell is played by John Brown. Al Jenkins is Benny Rubin, and Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. The script is written by Ashmead Scott, Alan Lipscott, and Reuben Schiff. Don Bernard directed with music by Lou Coslock. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood suggesting you live the life of Riley next week.